Father God, for the impossible God. You said, God, you will make the impossible possible if we only believe. So we thank you for that, God. We thank you for your presence being right here and right now, God, to do a work amongst your people. We bind the hands of the enemy, God, every torment and spirit that has come to torment our minds. We break that power of torment. Right now in the name of Jesus, every hindering spirit, every mind boggling spirit, we break your power right now in Jesus name. I break the power of witchcraft that comes to bring confusion and I loose the peace of God in this place right now in Jesus name. Every demonic force that have come in, I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you, God, that when light is here, darkness has to leave in the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. Oh, God, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that darkness shall be exposed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your angels of protections that's all around us, God. That's keeping us and protecting us, God. That no evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. For you have gotten your angels all around us in Jesus' name. So we thank you, God. Thank you for the word that's going forth today. Thank you for my helper, my teacher, God. Thank you, God, for quickening us according to your word, God. Thank you that your words, they are spirit and they are life. And we receive those words right now with meekness, God. We receive it because it's able to save our soul, the engrafted word. So I thank you, Father God, that it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lived in us because we have been crucified with Christ in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Open your Bibles to a familiar passage that I have went over before, but God is bringing it back again, and God has a reason for all things. Amen. Go to Psalms 139, and I will be reading um, 139, verse 1 through verse 6. Psalms 139, starting at verse 1, I'm going to end at verse 6. And we're going to hear what God has to say unto his people, because this is God's word for his people. Amen. And the word of God now reads, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou know my down-sitting, my uprising. Thou understand my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. I want to talk about God is all-knowing. He knows everything. He's omniscient. I want you to just rest on that. God is all-knowing. He knows everything. He, that's what omniscient means. And this is what David was talking about. Who would not want to serve a God who knows everything? God knows all about you. And this is what David is saying. David is saying, Lord, you have examined me. You have searched me. God, you know all about me. Now, if we can rest right there, if we know that God know all about us, I'm going to ask you a question. Then what are you worried about? See, this is why we have to get to know him in an intimate way. We have to have a personal relationship with him because if we know that God is an all-knowing God and he knows everything, when things pop up in our lives, we shouldn't get worried because we know that God already knows. When you know that he already knows, who would not want to go to a God who already knows? So I want to tell you today, quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to figure your life out and just live the life that God has already prepared for you. And the only way you can live that life is to know every day that you rise, you need to rise before him. You need to say, God, you already know what this day is going to be about. God, you already know what's going to take place in this day. God, I ask you to prepare me for this day that you already know about. But the problem with some of us is 
We don't want to take the time to get before him. We get before everything else and try to figure out our lives. But God already know about it. We're trying to figure us out. We're trying to figure our children out. We're trying to figure our animals out. We're trying to figure our jobs out. We're trying to figure the church out. We're trying to figure everything out except just sitting before God and say, God, whatever you want me to know about this day, God, I thank you for showing up and showing out and revealing it unto me. This is why he gave us the Holy Spirit. Because one thing that the Holy Spirit will do, he will make things known unto us that need to be made known. It comes through the Spirit of God. God will let us know what need to be known. And he is so good, y'all, because even when people go to him and they're waiting on him to answer them because they're going to him, God will give it to somebody else just to confirm what God has already told you because God already know about it. It's reminding me of, I think it was Wednesday, I guess, or the prior week. We were sitting down and, y'all, you know, we go to Sensation. We pick a Wednesday and have our little eat-outs. I don't know about y'all, but we have a day of fellowship that we sit down and eat and whatever. So as we were sitting there, it was Brother Willie and Sister Denise. And, of course, you know they were sitting there, too, wasn't you, Willie? Willie ain't going to miss out on no meal. He's going to find out where we're going. It's Wednesday. So as we sitting there, I think it was one of his classmates. And y'all is so funny because when God does things and after he does do what he do, we forget the people that he has done it for or, or whatever. So he introduced us to his classmate, him and Sister Denise. And as we're sitting there, you know, we were wearing masks. So she looked at me. She said, I've been to your church. I said, you have? She said, yes, and you ministered to all of us. I said, I did, because I didn't know. Because once God do what he have to do, that's over with. So as we were sitting there and as she was talking, God had given me an unction, and he began to minister into her life. And she said, now let me tell you, everything that God has said was what's going on. How many know that God knows? He knows what's going on with you. And she was saying that she wasn't coming to eat, but I guess she was led to come out and get some. See, God know how to set things up. When you have a relationship with God, because she had things going on in her body, but God gave her a word, and that's the word that she needs. She said, I guess this is the food I need for the night. So what am I telling you? God knows everything. Our Father knows what's best for us. And y'all, that wasn't even in the end of that. See, when, it, when we hear the song, it keeps happening for me. How the blessings of God just keep coming. It keeps happening. I'm not going to apologize. Because you know people get jealous when they see everything just coming at you. And they're wondering, how you getting this and how you getting that? It's no apology that you need to make. Because God is just blessing you. His hands is just upon you. So as we went outside and we were talking about getting some ice cream, and as we was talking about it, she heard and she said, here, I want to pay for your ice cream. So she gave enough money not to only pay for mine and my husband's, but Sister Neeson's and Brother Willie's. And then after all of that, we standing up there paying for ice cream, right, Willie? <laughs> Brother Willie didn't want none. He said he didn't want no ice cream. Okay, you don't have to have none. So after the ice cream got fixed, and the gentleman that was fixing it was the owner of Sensation. So after he fixed it, he asked us what we want on it. We told him what we want on it. And then he said, y'all are one of my favorite customers. You don't have to pay me anything. It keeps happening, y'all. It keeps happening. But guess what keep, kept happening, too? After that man said he didn't want no ice cream, and after he heard we were one of his favorite customers, all of a sudden I seen a mask come through the crowd. And I saw a head, and it was Willie. He said, hey, can I get one of them, too? <laughs> Willie going to make his happen. <laughs> yeah, he going to just peek through the crowd. I said, you said you didn't want no ice cream. I'm a favorite, too. <laughs> so... This is what I'm saying. God knows our lives. He knows what's going to... Y'all better get excited. Because some of you are sitting there worrying about certain things, but you haven't checked in to with Elohim. You haven't checked in with El Elyon. You haven't checked in with Jehovah Rapha. 
You haven't checked in with Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Rapha is your healer. Jehovah Nisi is your banner. Jehovah Jireh is your provider. You haven't checked in with the one that know every aspect of your life. He know every minute. He know every second. He know every hour. God knows everything. And this is what David said. Why would you think David would say this and it would be written? Because David knew That we would need it just as well as what he needed. But he said, Lord, you have examined me, investigated, searched me, and know all about me. But then he said, you know when I sit down. Oh, my goodness. God know when I'm going to sit. He know when I'm going to stand. Oh, my goodness, y'all. He's invading my privacy. He can invade on. I don't care. He said, you know when I'm going to sit down. You know when I get up, when I rise. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? A God that know when you're going to sit down. A God that know when you're going to rise up. You understand my thoughts before I think them from afar. Come on, y'all. God know what you're thinking. This is why I tell people, quit playing church. Quit telling someone you love them and you hate them. God already know what you're thinking. Quit acting like you want to be somewhere and don't want to be there. God already know what you're thinking. And if they're in the spirit on the Lord's day, they already know what you're thinking. Because the Holy Spirit is going to let them know they're lying. They're not telling the truth because you have God in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's going to reveal unto you people hearts because he can trust you with the heart of that person because he know you're not going to hurt that person. Some people want to be trusted, but they don't even trust God. I'll say it again. Some people want to be trusted, but they don't even trust God. But David knew. He said, you know what I'm thinking about even before I think it. Y'all, this is real. God know your thoughts from afar off. And then he say, you know where I go, my path, and where I lay down, my lying down. You know I'm familiar with everything I do. God know where you're going to go. God know when you're going to get there. He know when you lie down. He know everything you do. Who would not want to go to him? You don't need no psychic. Come on, y'all leave them psychics alone, dialing them 1-800-PSYCHIC. Some of you are dealing with psychics because you're trying to find an answer and you got a God who already know. Psychics deal with familiar spirits. They operate by familiar spirits. That's not who God is. God is not a psychic. God is your father. God is your creator. God made you. You didn't make yourself. So quit dialing 1-800-PSYCHIC. Help me. Quit using eight balls. Quit using your little Ouija boards. Some of you really don't have a Ouija board. You just sitting there saying, if this is God, move, Ouija. If this is God, present yourself. But David say, God know everything about me. Then he goes on to say, you know everything I do. You know the path that I'm going to take. And then verse 4 it says, Lord, ever before I say a word, when no word is on my tongue, oh Lord, you already know it all together. Even when you not saying nothing, God already know what's going to roll off your tongue. God already know you're going to cuss before you cuss. God already know everything you're going to say before you say it. He know what you're thinking about even before you think it. He know what you're going to say before you say it. Can somebody help me say you cannot get over on God? And say if I'm in God and God's in me, you cannot get over on me. You cannot fool God. You cannot fool him. And then he goes on to say, listen at this one here. You are all around me. You hem me in, in front and in back, and have put your hands on me. Come on, God is all around you. 
He has hemmed you in. He's all around. Isn't that awesome? He's everywhere you go. He's all around you. So I want to ask you, what are you worried about if God's hands is upon you? See, the problem is we don't know God the way we need to know him. And if we don't know him the way we need to know him, we cannot make him known. This is why people are talking all this gibberish doing this pandemic. Because when you truly know God, you know he is your protector. Outside of what you do or how you do it, God is still whom he say he is. He know all about you. Even when you say it, I ain't scared. He know you scared. He knows when you say I'm all right. He know you know you ain't all right. You're trying to be all right. Just say God knows I ain't all right. God knows all about us. And when he know all about us, why are we so worried? Because we don't trust him. We don't trust him with our life. And that's the one we're supposed to trust more than we're trusting anyone else. And y'all, this tops it all off. And verse 16, listen at this. Verse 16, I'm reading out the living Bible to make it plain. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life. Before I began to breathe, every day was recorded in your book. God knew all about us. He had our lives written before we was even born. Meditate on that. God knows everything about us. It's already written. Every day, every minute, every second, every hour of your life has already been scheduled. It is already written. It is not going to be changed. So who wouldn't want to go to God when he know everything about you? God knows everything. Everything. This day that we in here, God knew who was going to be in here. He knew who's in here and don't want to be in here and just in here because somebody else is in here to say I'm in here. Y'all get it? Because he know your heart. He knows how you try to drag your way here but just didn't want to be here because you somewhere else. He know your thoughts from afar off. He know what you're going to speak even before you speak it. He know when you sit down. He know when you rise up. He know everything about you. You can't fool God. So if your heart ain't connected with what he want, you might as well just don't do it. Because God already knows. He know every aspect of your life, even before you were born. God already set your course. He already set your course. He knew who your parents was going to be. God already knew. He already knew what your name was going to be. God already knew. Why am I repeating myself? Because we worry about so much, but we should say, God, you already know. This is why in the book of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, this is why Ezekiel in the spirit was saying, God, you already know. God said, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, God, you already know. Because he knew God already know. Do you know that God already know? Do you know he know the next chapter of your life? Do you know that God is not going to let nothing happen before time in your life, before it's time for it to happen? Quit begging God and live in the time that you're in. Live in the moment. Quit trying to make something happen when God says, stand still, be still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Because it ain't going to happen before time. Because it's already written. And what's written is what's not going to be changed. Because I change not. I'm God. I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. I'm not changing. Just because you want a man this time, don't mean you're going to get it this time. I'm not changing. It ain't time for you to have a man. It ain't time for you to have children. Quit sleeping around. Because sometimes you bring things forth that end up hurting you, then helping you. Look at Abraham and Sarah and Ishmael. God already gave them what he wanted to give them for that time. But they got tired of waiting. 
They got tired of waiting for what God said. So what did they do? Sarah just threw her husband over there with Hagar. Go on, sleep with her, have fun, just have, you know, get her pregnant so I can have a child. But then, guess what happened? Ishmael brought all of us some trouble. See, you go through outside of what God has for you. And I mean, many of us in this room have done things that God have not told us to do. And we're going through right now because of what God did not tell you to do. You took it upon yourself. And the reason why you did, because you felt peace. But that's not God's peace. That's the world's peace. See, God's type of peace is peace in the midst of trouble. See, God give you peace in the storm. See, the world look for peace before the storm come. See, you got to understand the difference. See, we get happy about stuff we come up with and we get so happy because we think it's God and God said, that's not me. Wait on me. But we get so happy. We got to have the man, the woman, the children right then. Or we got to have a certain amount of money to make it. But God said, I want you to make it here before you get there. He said, because there's a place called there, but you can't get there until you develop your relationship with me. Quit going after the money and go after me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. If you're not faithful over five dollars, do you think I'm going to give you 50? Come and sense there, people. Come and sense. We want big bucks and we have big dreams, but our mindsets are not right. People look to money because they look to money to get them where they need to be. But I have learned God will take little y'all. This proof in the pudding, right babe? Proof in the pudding right here. Living off the same salary for 21 years. Same salary for 21 years. Can somebody say same? And I don't think I'm missing nothing. Do y'all? It's just yet more to come. Hello, somebody. And the yet more to come is going to make people madder and madder and madder and madder. And we're going to be talked about the more... The more, the more, but it don't matter because I serve a right now God. I serve a God who opened doors that no man can open and he closed doors that no man can shut. See, whatever God has for my life is already written and you can't stop it because it's already written. That's why I have to stay so much in contact with him to say, God, what do you want for the day? God, how do you want me to carry out this day? God, I have made plans, but my plans may not be your plans. You may have a change of plans for me today. So, Lord, I'm going to be before you so I won't get restless. So David knew that God knew all about him. And this is why David could come to him. It reminds me of Jeremiah. Y'all familiar with this passage of scripture? And Jeremiah 1.5, he said, before I made... Form you in your mother's womb. I chose and knew you. Before you were born and came out of the womb, I set you apart for a special work. I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So he was encouraging Jeremiah, just like David. God already had written everything about David even before he was born. He told Jeremiah the same thing. He said, before you were even born, before you were even in your mother's womb, I had already set you apart. I have already consecrated you to be a prophet to the nation. So God let Jeremiah know this was already written about you. Now here's the time for you to do what was written. See, he had to wait until that time, but it was already written. So God was bringing it forth for who? For Jeremiah. So I want to go a little bit deeper with this because we have a habit, people of God. We have a habit of going after things that God did not ordain for us to go after. Jeremiah chapter 29 is talking about God's people, the Israelites. 
and how they disobeyed God and they went, um, well, they were disobedient to God in Jeremiah 29. So they were in captivity to the Babylon, to Babylon. They was in captivity. So what was happening, God was telling them, he was saying, I want you to get comfortable here. I'm paraphrasing it. I want you to build houses. I want you to get married. I want you to, your children to marry. He said, get comfortable. Bring peace into this place. What God is saying that the peace that they bring into this place, that place is going to have peace because of them. They're going to have security because of them. He said, I want you to rest in this place. Because wherever they were, God was going to be. God was going to still show himself even though they were in bondage over there. But then they had people telling them differently from what God had said. They were telling them basically they were lying prophets. See, when God gives you a word and you know it's a word from God, you should know God is not going to change his mind. You will have a lying prophet to come in and try to make you think things have changed. God does not change. When he gives you a word, he's not going to change that word just because somebody else tell you something different. But then God began to tell them in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts. I know the plans that I have towards you. He said thoughts of good and not evil. Thoughts of hope and a future. So God said, I know. Why? Because he's an all-knowing God. He said, you will be over here for 70 years. Come on, God ain't changing his mind. You're going to be in this place, so go ahead and get settled. Do not listen to these people that come in with these false dreams. Don't listen to what they say because I have already spoken what's going to be, and that's what it's going to be. So I'm forewarning you. People going to come in and try to turn around what I have told you. But he said, you will be in captivity for 70 years. So God told them, get comfortable. So that was Jeremiah, dealing with Jeremiah. Then the Lord began to show me this. Even Jesus, and I'm going somewhere with this. Even Jesus, before he chose his disciples, which was later on apostles. The Bible said in Luke 6, 12 through 13, Jesus spent all night in prayer before the Father. Why did he do that? Because he wanted to make sure that the people he was putting in position is coming into alignment with what God wants. So after he spent time in prayer, then Jesus chose his 12 um, disciples, which was named apostles. So why am I saying all that? I'm saying all that to say this. Do not let people tell you you're something that you're not. Because if people tell you that you're supposed to be in a certain position and you're trying to be in that position and that's not the position or the call that God has for you, God is not going to anoint that because that's not what he called you to do. Just because you see someone behind the pulpit don't mean you're supposed to be behind the pulpit. Just because you see somebody standing at the door don't mean you're supposed to stand at the door. Just because you see somebody singing don't mean that you're supposed to sing. See, the problem is the enemy wants us to watch people. And as we watch people, we're thinking, I can do that. Some of you go get jobs, and that's not where God wants you to be on that job. You're getting it because of the money, but that's not where God wants you to be. And because you've taken that job, you can't stay on that job because you took it because of the money, not because of where God wants you to be. God has a place for everybody. And that don't mean I'm supposed to be where you are, and it doesn't mean you're supposed to be where I am. Because you're not going to be able to carry what I carry, and I'm not going to be able to carry what you carry. That's why when the man went on his far journey, he left talents. He left gifts. He gave one five talents, he gave one two, and he gave one one, and it was according to their ability. He knew what they could handle. The one with five bought four five, the one with two bought four two, but there was one that had one and he buried it in the ground. It didn't benefit him at all. So God know where you are and he know what you need to do. So let me tell you this, you stay out of my lane. Because if you're in my lane and don't supposed to be in my lane, you're going to get run over. You're going to really get run over. 
If I'm in somebody lane and don't supposed to be in their lane, guess what? I'm, I'm going to get run over. It's like driving a car. If I go in somebody lane, guess what? They're going to run into me because I'm not supposed to be in that lane. So this is why you have to spend time with God and you have to know what God has called you to do. Quit going to school after school because somebody in the family took up this. So you think you need to take it up. No, if God hasn't called you to that, then you don't need to be doing that. Everybody's not called to the same thing. You got to know what God called you to do. How are you going to know? You're going to spend time with God. You're going to ask God, God, what would you have for me to do? Just because I have something don't mean you have to have what I got. Just because you got something don't mean I have to have what you have. Come on, y'all. I'm learning. We go get stuff because other people have it and still don't know how to work it. Praise Jesus. We don't. And it's just sitting there. Then when something new, uh, something else come out, we want that. Because somebody else got it, but you ain't learned how to work what you have. If you don't know how to work a computer, why are you getting another computer? It ain't going to do you no good to update what you got because you still don't know what you had. That's why we have to wait on the Lord. And he will renew our strength. He will let us know. Oh, I'll say this. I do not want to be in college until Jesus comes. I want to make some money before I get raptured up. I don't want to go for one career and then I find out that ain't the right career. So I'm going for another career. And guess what? I haven't made no money. Now it's time to go home. And I haven't accomplished anything. Do you know God is going to try your work? He's going to see when you stand before him, if you carried out what he has given you to carry out. Y'all, I have learned in ministry. Why do I love standing up here every Sunday and every Tuesday? Because this is what God has anointed me to do. I'm not trying to hog the pulpit. This is my place. Don't get mad because I don't ask you to preach or teach. It's just what I love to do. This is where God has placed me. And God will let me know who to put up here and who not to put up here. Because God know your heart. He know your thoughts from afar off. He know the only thing you want to do is get up here and tell somebody something. You don't want to go out in the highways and byways no more. You want to come up here and preach to the people. But you don't want to go out there and bring people in to be taught. Because you think you above that. Oh God know your heart. He know where you are. So it goes back to when it comes to the church. Every joint supply. Go with me to Romans, the 12th chapter. Let's hear what God has to say on this. Oh, I just love the word of God. What about you? The word of God will shut you up quick if you listen to it. Listen at what the first thing that it was saying We're familiar with Romans 12. And I'm going to read out the expanded. No, let me read out the amplified. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a distinctive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and facilities, faculties, as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. And spiritual worship. We know this one. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to, um, you know, the world. But let me me go to this, verse 3. For by the grace, unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought. Now that's the part I want to get. We do not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. What do I mean by this? He's going to explain this. This means that we should not think that we are above everybody else. When he goes to explains these gifts, listen at this in verse 4. For as in one physical body we have many parts, organs, members, and all of these parts do not have the same function or use. So we, numerously as we are, are one body in Christ the Messiah, and individually we are parts of, the, of one another. 
and our gifts differ. Even though we're part of one body, the gifts differ. But we make up that one body. We cannot say the hand is not in the need of the foot. We can't say the eye ain't need of the ear. Every joint supply because we make up that one body. But we do not try to take over what the hand is doing or what the foot is doing. We just do what we need to do in that body because every joint supply. So this is why we have to go to God and we have to ask God. You go to God first and you say, God, you know where I need to be placed in that body. You know what I need to be doing in that body. But you cannot come place yourself in a place and you ain't been taught and you don't know about the body. You got to get to know him first. You got to be made a disciple first. But some people want to get up here and preach because they think that they know what the word of God is saying, but they're not spending time with God. So then I'm going to give you another scripture. Go with me to Numbers 16 to 11, beginning at verse 2. Y'all know about Korah, Nathan, and Abiram. These were three men who come together with some more. It said these men gathered 250 other Israelite men together, well-known leaders, men of reputation chosen by the community and congregation, and challenged Moses. So what they did, 250 men, along with those other three men, they were coming together to challenge Moses. Why were they challenging Moses? First of all, God chose Moses. God chose Moses to lead the people, and he had Aaron to walk aside of him. So when Moses wasn't there, Aaron could take it up. Remember in the Bible how they sent him out two by two. The reason why they sent him out by two by two, if one fall, the other's there to lift the other up, right? But they're walking together. They're in unity. So they were coming against Moses. And this is what they they were saying. They came as a group to speak. And this is what they said. You have gone too far. All the people, the community, congregation are holy. Every one of them. And the Lord is amongst them. So why do you put yourselves above all the people? Now listen at this. Moses didn't put himself there. God put Moses there. See, this is why people are so off in the body of Christ. I didn't call myself to this. God called me to this. So no man or no woman or anybody is going to tell me what I need to be doing or how I need to be doing it when God put me here. See, God is the head. So I listen to him before I listen to anyone else. If you keep listening to people, guess what? It'd be a lot of people not telling the truth. Why? Because the enemy want to shut the truth off. This is what's happening in the churches. People are preaching things outside of the word of God. They're not going on what God has initially set up. They're going on traditions. Traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. They're going on things that they have set up. There is outside of the word. They're picking scriptures out the word and they're coming up with what they think should be done in the churches. Not with what God is saying. So this is what these men were doing. They were basically saying, y'all ain't the only ones that's holy. Y'all ain't the only ones that's set apart to do what, um, you know, need to be done. But when Moses heard this, he bowed his face down. Then he said to Korah and all the followers, the community, congregation, tomorrow morning the Lord will show who belongs to him. He knew. He said, the Lord's going to show you. This is the Lord's doing. But this is one thing that Moses told them that I'm telling people today. They already had a position. They already had a place that that God had put them. They were Levites. That means that they were helpers in that tabernacle. They were the ones that was helping them in the tabernacle. And Moses let them know, basically, you already got a place. This is where God has put you. So why are you trying to be a priest when God didn't put you as a priest? He put you here. This is where you supposed to be. But guess what? They will see looking at Moses like I want his position because everybody's looking up to Moses more than they're looking up to me. This is the problem, y'all. 
People want to be exalted. They want to be above God. So when they see somebody teaching and they see somebody bringing forth what God want them to bring forth and they're seeing the manifestation, then they begin to talk about that person and tell people, oh, they think they know more than anybody else. Actually, the scripture didn't say that. It said this. They just need to go back and let God give them more. What they're doing, they're trying to set themselves up above that person. But if God put that person there, you cannot hinder what God is doing. No matter what you try to do, just like Peter and John, they locked them up in prison. They shut the door of prison, put them in prison. But the angel of the Lord said, they, oh, he opened the door and said, I want you to go out and keep speaking the word of this life. They could not hold the word. And Gamaliel began to tell them, if this work be of God, you cannot stop it. See, God know what you need to be doing. So if somebody is coming up against you, they're not coming up against you. They're coming up against God because God is all knowing. So you should be getting excited. Whatever God called you to do, stay where God has put you. And these men, when they were coming up against Moses, guess what happened? Y'all know what happened. God was on Moses' side. Because God knew, you're not talking about Moses, you're talking about me. You're talking about who I set up. So God had to bring them down. He opened up the earth. The earth swallowed them up. Why? Because they were coming against the work of God. So you got to know what your position is. When you know what your position is, you have to know that God has blessed the works of your hands for what you're doing for here and now. Quit trying to take over everything because you think you know. People that think they know and they're getting in places that they don't supposed to be in, it always falls through. It never work out. Why? Because some people do it naturally instead of doing it spiritually. I have learned that because God makes things known, The way God do things is not going to be the way you do it naturally. It's going to be done spiritually. It's going to be done out of the norm. God is going to show you things that people that do those particular duties, they will say, how you know? Because God told me. Because he's all-knowing. And and I'm trying to encourage you, not trying, but I'm encouraging you to let you know, go to God. See what God wants you to do in this time and in this season. Don't just go after the money, y'all. Don't go after the money because the money can't keep you. The money making get you all of these things, but money will fail you. This is why we have to know what God is saying in such a time as this. We have to take what we have and we have to offer it up to God first before we do anything else with it. Because our paychecks, we need to say, God, I'm giving this to you first. Because you already know what's coming before it comes. God, show me what to do with what I have. God, yes, I want this. And God, yes, I want that. But you know what's going to happen before I get this or before I get that. God, teach me how to wait on you even with my finances. So when something come up, I can say, yes, Lord, you already knew about that. So you told me to put that over here and not touch it. But the first thing he told me to do is give him first. Why is you giving it to him first? Because you trust in him. God, I trust you with everything I have. Not only our money, but we give our children to him. We dedicate our children to him. That's why we dedicate our children. Lord, I'm giving my children unto you. Because you know about them more than I do, God. You know their giftings. You know their talents. You know what they're going to do, God, before they do it. God, you know what I need to speak over my children, God, the way it need to be spoken. Not that I want them to do what somebody else is doing. I only want them to do what you have them to do. Just because this one went to college don't mean that one's going to college. So, God, help me to put them in a place that you want them in and not the place I think they need to be in because my sister can kids are doing this. My brother kids are doing that. I only want best for my children. No matter what families say, I want to know what you're saying over this child. You know the state of mind of this child. You know what they need to do and what they don't need to do. God, I don't want my children to be exalted just because. I want them to see your glory all upon them. I want people to know that this is your doing and not mine. 
We trying to follow people because when people talk in your ears and they tell you their children's accomplishments, now you trying to find something for your children to accomplish to meet up with those accomplishments. You putting your child in a place and you even haven't even asked God, is this where you want my child to be? Sometimes we think we have our children in a safe place and it could be the worst place. This is why God said, hear what I have to say concerning your children. And then when we don't hear it, God will put it on somebody else's heart. When I was growing up, I never thought that I wouldn't have a mother. But God had a plan. See, God had a plan for my life that was outside of me. He already had everything written for me. I always felt like I remember when I was growing up and I would stay with my cousins and they would always talk about grandmother and granddaddy love you more than they love us. And I would sit there and look at them and I would say, well, you have a mother. I don't have a mother. So it made me feel some kind of way because I was feeling left out with them because how they were treating me and how they were anything that I would get. They always thought they got it for me, but they taught me how to work for what I had. But they didn't know that part. When they were laying in the bed, I was in the bean field. When they were doing other things, guess what? I was out there helping plant. I was out there doing stuff to get me where I am today. And I remember when they were getting cars and I didn't have a car, my daddy would say, you're going to end up having more. God was using him to prophesy. And I'm saying, I don't want to wait on it. I want it now. Where's my car? So we went through some things, but God had a plan and he had a purpose. And what he did, he's so loving. I knew my daddy loved me, but daddy turned his kids over. To his parents. And why did he do that? Because when my mom was on her dying bed before she died, she told my grandmother, she said, I want you to take my children. See, God already had a plan for us. He already touched her heart to tell her where he wanted us to be. And when I was in that house with a loving grandfather and grandmother, they showed me love. They showed me commitment. They showed me how marriage should be. They showed me how to provide. They showed me, my grandmother showed me how to treat a man before I even got a man. She showed me things that I did not know and was not aware of. So I grew, grew up being a little mama and didn't even realize it. The way God uh, transitioned me in that house, he showed me healing. He showed me prosperity. He showed me deliverance. He showed me everything that needed to be shown. He showed me peace in the midst of a storm when I didn't even know a storm was out there. The house was in so much peace. Why did he do this? Because he was preparing me for such a time as this. Some of you don't want to work because guess what? You think you above working. But when I come up, you had to work or you wouldn't eat. You couldn't sit in the house and play games. I didn't have no game to play with. You couldn't do what people, kids are doing now. We'll let kids go in the room, just play games and get out your hair. Come on, uh-uh-uh, you didn't do that in that house. When grown folks was having conversations, you didn't stay in the same room while they was talking. They looked at you. What you doing in here? This ain't got nothing to do. Now we got kids in the room doing this while you talking. And then they can tell you more about the conversation and you can, they'll stop you in the middle of the conversation and say, no, that ain't what they said. Because we bring them in on everything. That's not right. Why ain't we bringing them in on the word? Why aren't we teaching them the word throughout the day before they lay down at night? What are we giving them at night when they lay down? Are we giving them the word? Oh, we're just letting them close their door and we're closing out. You don't bother me, I won't bother you. And then we're wondering, why is my kid like he or she is? Ask God to bring it back to your remembrance. What did you allow your kid to do while you were having your sobbing dates? While you didn't feel like getting out the bed? Or while you was going through some hurt that a man caused or a woman caused? What did you have your child doing? What was your child seeing you go through that they shouldn't have seen you go through? When you were having arguments in your house with your husband or your wife, why was your child hearing those arguments? They shouldn't have been hearing all of that. 
And you're wondering why sons now are treating wives wrongly and why daughters are treating their husbands wrongly. It's because of how they were raised and what they saw. Yep. See, when you know God and you know how a loving father is, you're going to do what he does. Jesus said, I only do what my father do. Why? Because he see what his, his father sees and he hears what his father hear. hear. Hear how we can see and here's how we can hear through the word of God. So it's time for us to get to know him in such a way that no matter what comes in our lives, God has already prepared us for it. When I was growing up and Granddaddy, he would teach me different things. He would teach me worth ethics. He would show me different things. I remember that I would love to teach people. I would get my little cousins and I would take a room in the house and I would get papers from school and I would teach them and help them with their homework because I felt so much joy from it. I didn't know what God was doing. And then God was showing me business, going into business. I didn't know what God was doing. Everything that God was doing was setting me up for here and now. He would give me open vision, seeing me sitting behind a desk. And I'm like, oh my God, God, what are you doing? But God set me up for this time here. He set me up. And what I'm telling you, when you spend time with God, God will put you where you need to be. And you won't be wandering all over the place. You won't be a vagabond. Because when God puts you in a place, you're going to love that place so much no matter what comes. This is what irritates me. Anytime a church leader get in conflict with somebody or just feel like somebody don't like them, they say God called them this, but they check out of what they doing. How can you check out of something that God called you to do if you know God called you to do it? You don't lay it down because people are cutting the food. When God puts you in a place, God would help you get through the place that you're in outside of how people feel. You don't just check out and let somebody else check in. You do what God has called you to do. For 21 years, I have been checking in, people. Through hard times, I've been checking in. Through not wanting to come in, I've been checking in. Through financial difficulties, I've been checking in. Through sickness, I've been checking in. Through being talked about, I've been checking in. Why? Because God called me to this. When the money didn't look right, I kept going. When it was always in red, I kept going because I knew what God had said. See, God always lets you know in advance. God don't leave you ignorant of Satan's devices. When you spend time with him, he will let you know what's yet coming. He let us know about COVID-19 before it came. That's just how much he loved you. He had to speak it into the ears. He had to put it into the hearts of those to proclaim it, to get you ready for what's yet to come. He didn't just say it across the pulpit just to say it. He always told you to stay in your word because you're going to need this word above everything else. When your money act funny, you can go to the word and say, God, you told me. That you're going to supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God, you told me you know what I'm in the need of even before I ask. You told me I'm not like the birds. (laughs) I'm better than the birds. So, Father, you got to do what you said. Because God knows what's going to be before it is. So who would not want to go to him before we go to anybody else? And say, God, you know all about people dying through this pandemic. You know all about everything. So, Lord, what do you, what would you have me to do in such a time as this? God say, come to me. Come to me. I'll fill you in. I'll let you know what to do and how to do it. Quit going from pillar to post. Spend time with me and hear what I have to say concerning that situation. Don't be so hasty just because you need this or you need that. Didn't I say I know what you're in the need of? I know what you're in the need of before you ask. Wait on me. 
If the job is telling you I'm going to lay you off, don't you know I got another plan for you? Don't you know if I know you've been working diligently on that job and I'm going to bless the works of your hand, whether you're on it or off it, I'm still God. Don't you know who I am? I already told you about the job. God told me my job was going to leave before it left. God prepared my heart. He had me taking stuff off my wall even before they fired me. God let me know what to do and how to do it because he knew the day was coming. The desire I had for that job, I didn't have that desire no more. I was at peace if I had to sit home. God let me know what was going to be before it was. He prepared me. So God is coming in here today to let you know. Check in with me. Check in with me. It's not too late. Some things in your life you may have messed up. Some things you may have grabbed that you should not have grabbed, but God is still God. God will still be with you even in that situation you're in. But you have to be obedient. You have to hear him. Don't let money be your God. The love of money is the root of all evil. People in marriages, you got to work together. You cannot work against each other. Husbands, if you're going to be a husband, if you're going to be a father, then you need to work to take care of your family. You don't need to put it all on the wife. You need to do what the word of God says. You are the provider. If you want to be the head, be the head. Quit trying to get people to look up to you based on how you dress, based on how you look. People look up to people based on what's going on in their home. So I'm telling you, God said, I'm all knowing. I know everything. So check in with God and see what God has to say concerning your children, concerning your marriage, concerning everything. It's already written. God said, I have already written it out. So quit worrying over everything and say, God, what would you have me to do? If you don't hear nothing, don't do nothing. God, what do you want me to do with this child? He'll tell you what to speak over that child. He'll tell you what that child needs. If that child is way across the ocean, he'll have you to speak a word and then to get to that child. God knows all about us, y'all. So let's check in with him and let's quit trying to do things ourselves and getting things out of God's timing. Let's wait on him and say, God, what would you want me to have at such a time as this? Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. God has built it from ground up. Using a little of nothing and making it much. That's who God is. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? Who wouldn't want to get to know a God like this? And if me and my husband really told people everything, they'd think we were lying. But I know it's God. It's him. It's him, in him I live, in him I move, and in him I have my being. So let's take time to get to know a God who knows everything. Do not give up where you are if God puts you there. Don't you keep going from job to job. Don't you keep doing things God have not told you to do. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He put you there for a a reason. What if the beauticians gave up? Y'all know we need a hairdo. What if the mail carriers gave up? They wouldn't receive them checks, would the man? What if they gave up? And you have some people that's leaving jobs because of the pandemic. And they're expecting the government to take care of them. And if the government's going to take care of you, they're going to rule you. They're going to tell you what you need to do and how you need to do it and when you need to do it. And that's what's happening upon this land now. You don't think they're giving you money for no reason, do you? That means when you take that money, you rule by the government. You do what they tell you outside of what you believe need to be done. That's why we got to check in with God and say, God, how do you want me to do this? When you want me to do it? Because David said, God, you know everything about me. Everything is written even before I was born. So I'm encouraging you today. Quit worrying about everything. And go to God. Because he knows everything. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. I'm just so excited, y'all, that I do have a God that I can go to. That knows everything about me. 
and about what's going to take place. That's why I wait on the Lord. I don't try to grab everything because everybody else grab it. We had an opportunity to get on this um, television um, station. It was worldwide known. And Darlene Adams was so excited. She said, Apostle, they said that we can get on this. I said, no, we can't. She said, they said we can't. I said, no, we can't. She said, why? I said, if you can't be faithful over Fox, why are you going to be faithful over something else? If you ain't got it together with what you already have, why are you going to move higher? I believe in being faithful over what God has given me. And if I see that if I can't handle what God has given me, why am I taking more? That's what the enemy wants. He wants us to get anxious. So wait on the Lord. Don't just take it because somebody else is taking it. Learn to wait on him and see what he has for your life. And please, people, quit doing what everybody else is doing. It's not for you. Amen? Amen. Do we have any?